This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, naturopath and nutritionist, yoga and meditation instructor. Welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast for women who want inspiring and practical solutions to feel abundant energy and vitality on the inside and look radiantly healthy on the outside. Each week, I talk all things gut health and mind-body connection. If you want to find out more about me, check me out at susiegarden.com. Welcome to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast. I am continuing this week with my little uh, special series on perimenopause and menopause. So if you haven't listened to the past two episodes, I really recommend that you stop this one and go back and listen to my first two episodes on this series, which are just the previous two podcasts. In the first one, I go and define about what perimenopause is versus menopause and talk about uh, I'll give you some criteria rather to see whether you might be in perimenopause. You may not even know it because it can happen. We'll start rather up to 10 years before you actually stop your period. So it's something that you may not even know is going on for you. It can happen, you know, even from your mid 30s. So it's really important to know if this is happening for you so that you can start supporting your body through the process. And don't worry if you're still wanting to conceive, that can still happen while you are in perimenopause. The second episode I did on this, which was last week, was all about how perimenopause can, and the way you travel through it, can impact your brain. And all about the weight gain also that's associated with perimenopause and menopause. So you might want to go back and have a look at that one as well. This episode is going to be a little shorter because it's about something really specific, which bothers a lot of women going through perimenopause and menopause. And that is hot flushes. And I think, you know, we all get a sense of from watching TV and often comedy shows, seeing women, you know, standing in front of the fridge because they're having a hot flash or a hot flush. And 
I think, you know, for many women, it can be that dramatic, but it doesn't have to be. Um, But I wanted to talk today about why this happens and what you can do about it if it is a problem for you or if it's not a problem, then understanding what the mechanism is so that if it does become something you experience that you know what's going on. So, you know, about 75% of women will actually experience this symptom and it can really vary as to how intense it feels. So for some women, it can be really intense, this intense heat uh, that can come on actually quite suddenly, which is why it can be, uh, I guess, why you do see the women in front of the fridge kind of trying to cool off because it happens very quickly and can be very intense. And whereas some other people, it might just be a bit of a tingling. It might be just a flushing of the face. It might be a feeling of sweating or burning skin. But some people even get like dizziness, um, feel nauseated, chills. Uh, They might get night sweats. They might get palpitations, so a sensation of the heart beating faster. Um, or there might be a sense of pressure in the head. And this is something that obviously, you know, if you're, if you're experiencing this, it can be quite, what well, annoying and even up to being quite distressing. The other thing with uh, hot flushes is their duration can be really, really variable. For some women, it might just be a few seconds, For others, it can be up to four minutes of feeling quite an intense heat, getting a sudden sweat, maybe having that sense of palpitation. So you can imagine that could be quite um, concerning if you don't know what's actually going on. And the other thing is the frequency. Some women might get really frequent episodes like within, you know, half an hour um, or have several episodes per hour. And others might just have it every now and again, every few days. So it's really, really random. And it's not considered to be something that's really harmful or anything like that. But, you know, frequent, having a higher frequency of these hot flushes has been linked to a higher risk of dementia and heart disease later in life, which is, um, I guess, something that you want to make sure you're, you're kind of you know, um, setting yourself up for success and for prevention of these things. And there's a, there are a few things you can do. So don't worry. It's not just like, oh man, this is going to be my life now. This is something that you can do something about by managing this and particularly around, um, managing your insulin, which I talked in depth about in the last episode. So if hot flushes are really frequent for you, and quite intense, and you haven't listened to my last episode, really go back and have a a listen to that. I don't focus on hot flushes in that episode, but I talk a lot about insulin management. And um, it's considered that this may have a relationship with your hot flushes. And if you can manage your insulin, then you can avoid some of those um, consequences I talked about, about um, cardiovascular disease or heart disease and Alzheimer's disease or dementia. So What's the cause of these hot flashes? Well, officially, they actually don't really know uh, for sure. There's a bunch of research that's kind of considering that perhaps the uh, control, the temperature control center in the brain, which is in the hypothalamus. Um, so a temperature control center, think of it as being like your thermostat. There's a 
the research is kind of showing that it gets a little bit twitchy, a little bit sensitive during this period of time as, as the um, estrogen changes, estrogen surges, etc., during um, perimenopause. And so certainly the, the body is very good at keeping itself within a certain temperature range. Now, when I was nursing, um, I'm pretty sure I was taught that it was 36.1 degrees to 37.1 degrees. I've also, this is Celsius, I've also uh, read that some believe the correct temperature for the body is 36.5 to 37.5. So you can see it's it's a pretty tight sort of uh, about one degree of difference. It's considered kind of normal. So it's very, very tight. And it's um, thought that the hypothalamus or the temperature control center in the hypothalamus in the brain, and I talk about this in the previous episode as well, uh, is just getting really sensitive during this time. And so when you have a temperature change, so for example, if you were to, um, I don't know, uh, have a cold drink, for example, or step into some heat that the body, if it's a sudden temperature change, that the body doesn't cope very well with that. And so it kind of brings the temperature up. Hence, you get that sensation of heat, sweating, etc. Um, and so you get this over adjustment of the body temperature in, perimenopa- in many per- perimenopausal women. And so they're thinking that this sort of small temperature adjustment, rather than the body just adjusting for it normally, as it would, it just overreacts completely. And so you get this sense of being very, very hot, very suddenly. And the thing is, as someone experiencing that symptom, you don't know that you're the only one in the room that is experiencing it. So you, you might, you know, have had the experience where you're thinking, is it just me or has it just got really hot in here? And yeah, that's the sense that you don't actually have a, uh, a realization that it's actually only you that it's happening to. So I guess, why is this happening? Let's still go back into that. So we know that it's because the temperature control center in the brain, which we all have, we know that it gets a bit sensitive, but why is it because of the, the low estrogen that many women are experiencing? Well, apparently not. Apparently it's more that I talk, I've talked previously about surging estrogen. So going from lower to higher, and this is potentially caused by more of a fall from the high estrogen to low. And this can happen um, when you're having these kind of surgeons, surgeons, <laughs> surges of estrogen and they think part of this effect is actually it's altering your levels of adrenaline so adrenaline is one of your stress hormones and serotonin serotonin is one of your neurotransmitters that is related to mood and so this is why stress management and i've said this in all three of these perimenopause episodes, stress management is a really, really important part of perimenopause symptom management. We know that the more stress that you feel, 
the more likely you are to have these hot flushes. And remember, I've, I've spoken about the fact that you can't necessarily change the stressors in your life. You can't necessarily, you know, all of a sudden have more money to pay your bills or um, you can't necessarily get away from stressful relationships or your job or whatever it might be that's causing you stress. However, if you have good stress management techniques in place, and that can be as simple as um, controlled breathing, mindfulness, meditation, yoga, activities you enjoy, you know, it doesn't have to be these formal practices, any activity that you really enjoy that's going to bring you into present moment thinking that's going to stop you from worrying about the future or the past will help to manage your stress. And remember, if you can manage your stress, you can reduce the impact of these flushes, which is pretty cool. So, okay, other than stress management, what can be done. So one of the big things to do is going back into insulin management. So making sure that you are looking after your, this is really dietary. This is really dietary. And as you know, I work with a, a program called Metabolic Balance. This is included in my GLOW protocol, which is my new anti-aging program. And Metabolic balance is all about managing insulin and glucose. So it's why it's extremely effective for women with perimenopausal symptoms. So, and it's also really good for weight management as well in the context of perimenopause in many, many other contexts as well. So um, managing your insulin, super important. Uh, Managing your nervous system. So your stress management, really important as well. Reducing or quitting alcohol is also really recommended. If you're having a lot of these sort of symptoms uh, of perimenopause, but particularly hot flushes, we know that reducing or quitting alcohol will definitely improve these things. Because remember, you know, many of us would have experienced when drinking alcohol, getting a flush anyway, like, you know, like getting red face. I know for me personally, and I have a number of friends like this, that, you know, when I drink alcohol, particularly red wine, I get quite red in the face and I feel flushed and hot on the face. So there are some similar mechanisms there. So movement is really helpful. I mentioned yoga before, um, but also strength training is really good for helping to manage hot flushes and also um, really uh, anything that you enjoy is going to be helpful. Um, But there has actually been some research with yoga Yoga showing that it relieves hot flushes, night sweats, and other menopausal symptoms. Um, so yeah, I think that's a really important. As you know, I'm a yoga teacher, so I'm a massive fan of yoga, and I would probably recommend things like uh, hatha yoga, which is less type, a uh, less of a flow yoga, and more of getting into a pose, spending a couple of breaths there, getting into the next pose. They're generally the same poses as vinyasa yoga; they're just not quite as fast paced. And that will help you uh, work on your stress response as well. And also yin yoga, which is my passion, is uh, what I would also recommend for this because it also will help more with that stress management as well. The other thing is to avoid um, really stimulating food, such as spicy food. And you would probably do well, if this is an issue for you, to 
just kind of notice, like if you are getting hot flushes at a fairly in a fairly regular pattern, you might notice that there are certain foods that are really triggering these. So avoiding those will really help. There are, of course, some supplements that uh, work really well. And I spoke about these in my previous podcast because they work well. I really, I'm starting to believe really that most women in their 40s should start on these supplements. And it's magnesium. We know that a third to a half of the population is magnesium deficient because our soils are deficient. In fact, there was a recent study, oh, I think it was released last year. It said around 67% of Americans are magnesium deficient, so two thirds of the population. And when you think about the Australian context, we have very similar kind of um, numbers, generally speaking, when we compare our studies to American studies. So it's probably getting up there that, and I see it all the time in clinic, people, the kind of symptoms that you, you would see are things like muscle tension, particularly jaw clenching, um, tightness in the neck, shoulders, uh, twitching and fiddling like if you're someone when you cross your legs and I used to do this all the time before I started taking magnesium if you cross your legs and you notice like your foot starts twitching and you start really kind of rocking your legs a little bit and I'm I do it uh, I used to do it a lot now I only do it really from cold um, but yeah it's that's definitely a sign of magnesium uh, deficiency uh, taurine is a amazing supplement. It's a um, amino acid, so you get it from protein. But I find having high dose taurine is excellent for soothing the nervous system, and it's also being getting some good results for um, hot flushes. And having the two of them together, like magnesium and taurine, this is a supplement I take um, every day: magnesium and taurine. Um, and if you're a patient of mine and you're listening, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about because I've put almost everyone on this. Um, and it's, it's really effective for sleep. It's which is one of the main reasons I take it. Um, but yeah, it's um, particularly good combination for hot flushes. There is a uh, herb that's around called black cohosh, which is in a lot of the supplements that you get over the counter. And it's gone, had some clinical trials with some good results, some, some are mixed results. Um, the, it's thought that its primary, the, the way that it primarily works is that it works with your neurotransmitters in the brain. And so I think if you're going to use herbs, I would always recommend talking to someone, a practitioner that is trained in herbs. Uh, particularly with something like black cohosh, there it it is important to make sure that you are um, somewhat that you've had an assessment and black cohosh is the right herb for you. There are many herbs that can be used for perimenopausal symptoms. This one is one of them. Uh, ashwagandha or withania is its other no is other name. I mentioned them last week. Um, is also very good, but for specifically for the hot flushes, the black cohosh could be an option. But I'd really, really recommend that you get some advice on this because often herbs work really well in combinations. So there may be a combination of herbs that will work really, really well for you, um, for your individual kind of situation. And also getting the dosage right is really, really important. 
So there's just a couple of tips there with regard to hot flushes. But I guess I just also wanted to talk about the timing of them. They can happen during the perimenopausal years. Um, and even in that 12 months after your last period, sometimes those flushes can continue. But after that, what happens is the brain seems to recalibrate and you get back to being its normal thermostat, not being so twitchy. And so please, you know, know that this is most likely going to end. But for unfortunately for some women that can continue for even up to 10 years after your final period. And this seems to be particularly in women that have chronic stress or have insulin resistance. And so if that's the case, if you're listening today and you're thinking, well, geez, I haven't had a period for five years and I'm still getting hot flushes, have a look at your waist measurement. If your waist measurement is greater than, this is waist at the navel. If your waist at the navel is greater than 100 centimeters, then it's likely that you're insulin resistant. You can have a blood test or there's also an oral glucose tolerance test that you can do to see if you have insulin resistance. And there's things you can do about it. Don't worry about it. If this is the case for you, there are so many things you can do to help improve your insulin resistance and losing weight around the waist is one of them. Um, so please feel free to reach out to me. You can DM me at Susie Garden Wellness on Instagram or Facebook and I can kind of help you a little bit with that. Um, so yeah, don't worry if you have this already, even if you have diabetes, type 2 diabetes, um, there's things you can do to improve your insulin sensitivity. And the other thing is, of course, stress um, management. So reversing your insulin resistance and managing your stress are your two biggest allies in helping to manage your hot flushes. Um, so if you have any questions about that, as I said, please reach out to me, but I really hope you've enjoyed this podcast on perimenopause and hot flushes, because it's something that I think there is just not enough information out there for women about what's going on in their own bodies. So this at the moment, I think this is going to be the final one on perimenopause. If you would like me to do more on this, please let me know. Um, I love to give content that is actually relevant for you. So please let me know if there's something I need to cover. Feel free to share this episode with everybody. And if you're on Apple Podcasts and you'd love to give a review, I would love to receive it. Thanks so much for joining me on The Wellness Glow. I loved having you here. See you again next week. Until then, take care and be well.